1: Welcome to the Holistic Health and Human Potential Podcast. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. I'm an international speaker, author of multiple books, an integrative nutritionist, a transformation and embodiment coach, and simply a man who has devoted most of my life to the study, application, and integration of human potential, and it is my biggest inspiration to bring you weekly episodes that will expand your mind, challenge your paradigm, deepen your heart, and help you to embody the greatest version of yourself as I believe you are meant to do something incredible with your life and this podcast exists simply to support you on that journey. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to episode 127 of the Holistic Health and Human Potential show. This episode is with Destin Garrick, and the episode is on the journey of the evolved masculine man. And what an incredible conversation this was. In fact, I don't even want to say anything about it. I want you to take that title and really let it open you up because what we talked about in this Episode is very important for both men and women, and especially all the men out there that are looking to become the most empowered, the most enlivened, and the most fulfilled and complete version of themselves as a evolved masculine, an evolved divine masculine man, you could say. And this really goes deep into the ins and outs of what that means, what that looks like, and what that Represents in our world today. So, I invite you to dive deep with me and Destin Garrick on this topic. And before we dive into that, I also want to encourage you to go to my website if you want to know more about my work, my coaching programs, my online holistic um, education programs, like my Holistic Health Mastery certification course, my books the top health and nutraceutical products that I promote and recommend to my clients around the world, and also the free content that I've consolidated over all these years of doing this work and made readily available on my website platform, which has been rebranded and renewed, which is why I'm excited about it and want to share it with all of you. That website is www.ronnylandis.net. And I look forward to hearing from you and how I can support and serve you through any of my programs or just giving you incredible value through the content that we've made available. Again, that website is www.ronnylandis.net. So without further ado, let's dive headfirst into this incredible conversation on the journey of the Evolved Masculine Man with myself and Destin (laughs) Garrick. Destin Garrick, a dynamic self-mastery coach, is a man living his life as art. Destin has gracefully carved out an enduring position for himself as a world-respected figure in the Neo-Tantra and sexuality education. As a sought-after sexuality and transformational life coach, speaker, blogger, and educator on all aspects of masculinity, sex, sacred sexuality... Contra and er and Erotic Empowerment, Destin Garrick is challenging traditional societal beliefs and helping people create powerful change in their lives in the process. And it is my honor, my pleasure, and my total excitement to bring on Destin, and I'm really excited to dive into this conversation. So welcome to the show.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Ronnie. Really a pleasure to be here. I look forward to diving in with you as well.
1: Yeah, I've been looking to, looking forward to this for quite some time. We had been in a conversation about um just meeting each other at mutual parties and whatnot, trying to set up <clears throat> trying to set up a time to have this conversation. And the more I was looking forward to it, the more things were coming up for me in terms of like what would I want to know about on this topic? You know, as a man specifically, I know a lot of your work. Is, is related to empowering, like masculine empowerment. I know that you work with a lot of men. I, I believe you work with both men and women, but I know that you have a, a strong focus on working with masculine empowerment. So I was just, just thinking about things that I would want to know and then um, things that I think other people would be really, really interested in. So uh, this is, this is going to be interesting.
0: <laughs> it, it always makes for a... Uh, juicy conversation. So uh, let's let's do it.
1: Cool. Well, the first thing that I want to know is the basic backstory. You know, how did you get started in this work? You know, I know that your your brand is around the evolved masculine uh, redefining sex power and success. Um, and that's that's a that's a huge I mean, I know there's a lot to unpack with that. But w- how did you get started with this work?
0: It's a big question. I've been—I feel like I've been on this path for more than twenty years, and um, a lot of it has to do with my own challenging journey of figuring out what does it mean to me to be a man in this world. Uh, we're living in a time period in which uh, gender roles and gender dynamics have been shifting so rapidly and radically. Uh, I had a series of experiences which you can hear about on other shows, but it would be too much of a deep dive right now. Uh, I had a series of experiences that led me to create a strong distrust of other men and uh, and the masculine in general, including my own masculinity. And so, uh, from a relatively young age, I first completely well was disconnecting from these parts of myself, disconnecting from my own masculinity, disconnecting from identity as a man um, uh, these ideas as to what I had some very negative role models around what being a man was and I thought if that's what it means to be a man I'm not interested and so I I walked a different path, uh, got much more in touch with my, my feminine parts of myself first but then by the time I was in my late 20s I realized that something was horribly off in my being and I needed to uh, take this on and explore, uh, what does it mean to me to be a man? You know, Never mind what society says anymore. I am I think I'm 28 or something like that at the time. What, I'm old enough to be figuring this out on my own. What does this mean? And I, I determined that 2007 was gonna be the year that I actively explored my masculinity and what it means to me to be a man in the world. And it proved to be a powerful, transformative year, so much more so than I ever would have imagined, so much so that it ended up becoming the foundation of my work. And uh, I've been doing, uh, supporting other men around their own journeys, around their connection to healthy masculinity and being a man for the past 10 years. Mm,
1: mm. Yeah, I can feel, and I can feel like obviously there's so much, so much depth to that after a 20-year or 20-year uh, journey like that. And one of the things that you said that really, you know, that really resonated with me in the beginning is that we're going through such a phase shift in terms of what it means to be a man, a woman, different roles, hierarchical kind of roles in societal programming that we have adopted through the generations. And it's like we're kind of in this this place in our generation where it's like, there's a lot of questions and there's a lot of reinterpreting what it means to be a man, you know, and that particularly because that's what you brought up. And and as men, you know, you can obviously speak to that. Um, but, you know, that really resonated with me because I, too, have gone through and I'm, you know, going through it right now at 32 years old of what does it mean to be a man? Because I, I grew up as, you know, in different iterations as a type A, very alpha driven type of man and an athlete and identified with that for a while and now as an educator and more spiritually inclined and a and a leader in the work that I do now that that role's kind of shifted a lot but I also notice and this will be an interesting segue I also notice in my own experience and with a lot of other people there's like kind of this tug of war between the old masculine identity or the way of um what i guess what i'm trying to say is like the the type a like go 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 action 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 and then there's also this other sense of like ease calm grace um you know receptivity which is obviously a more feminine element so i've noticed that there's been like this tug of war inside of me and it's not always clear where to pivot so i'm curious if you can speak to that too as as we talk about like what does it mean to be a, an evolving man
0: yeah sure well i think that my my lens through which i view that is a little bit different from your own but i'd say that there there are men who tend in one of two directions there's there's the side that uh, we tend to think Think of stereotypically in our culture as the man's man. The, the, the man who has a, uh, tends to live inside of a, a rigid, hyper masculine set of, of ideas around what it's supposed to mean to be a man and spend their lives doing everything they can to, to succeed within this ra- rather narrow confines. Uh, these men tend to be very competitive, very aggressive. Um, they also though are known, have a reputation, might we say, for, uh, hurting others, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) a sense of their own power through power over. Um, and while these men tend to be more connected to their sexuality in the drive conch conquest go uh not you know belt notching uh perspective uh they take action make things happen but they also tend to be more disconnected from their hearts their emotional body their um, sense of being able to create intimacy in their lives they tend to be more isolated they tend to be more disconnected spiritually uh then there's men on the other side end of the extreme, who uh, tend to be very heart-centered, compassionate, more spiritually driven, um, uh, want to make sure that everyone around them feels comfortable, women feel feel comfortable in their presence. They tend to really identify strongly with not wanting to be that guy. <laughs> uh, uh, but these men tend to be more disconnected from their own uh, their own masculine core. They tend to be more disconnected from their own sexuality, their own uh, desires, and being able to speak directly to their desires. Um, and often uh, there's a, some disconnect from their own source of, of power as well. So the, the evolved masculine to me really pulls the best of both of these archetypes and pulls them together while releasing and letting go the parts of these two sides that aren't really serving anyone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was a really masterful explanation of that that divide that more often than not, we, we often see kind of one expression or the other, but it's in the more rare cases that, and I think we're actually seeing it a lot more, but some of us that are like in these these smaller quote-unquote conscious communities, we may be seeing it a little more in concentrated bubbles than out there in the world at large. I'm curious what your perspective on that is. Like, Do you see that integration of the masculine happening more and more in the world, or is it still something that's, that's um, kind of... Well, I
0: live, I live in my own bubble as well, you know, and, and, and yeah. my world involves men coming into it on a daily basis who are mm-hmm. seeking that integration, and men on a daily basis who are moving through these, these programs and work that that I do and experiencing that integration. So rather than just looking for it out in the world, I take ownership and uh, sense my own uh, uh, power and ability to create change and help create it in the world. And that to me is an aspect of of the Evolved Masculine as I see it as well is is that self-efficacy, that, that mm. deep core belief in your ability to create change both in your own life as well as in the world around you. And we're all well aware that the, the world that we're currently living in is not ideal. And in my viewpoint, uh, an aspect of the Evolved Masculine is it doesn't really, I, I don't care what you're doing, where your passion point is, what it is that, that riles you up, but you're not being passive. You are taking ownership over the fact that we are creating this world. Whether you're p- pretending to be passive or not, there is no they, only us. What are you doing? Do something. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. So instead of looking outside of ourselves for other examples or leaders or permission slip givers, we have to take responsibility and... and Whatever it is, do something. Don't be passive, but just do whatever the thing is in front of you to do right now.
0: A- absolutely on the last part. The first part, I mean, examples are great. Um, I believe that that's it's helpful. Yes, <laughs> so many, so many of the men that that I meet uh, also say that they feel like they lack strong, healthy, positive role models of masculinity growing up or, or models of what it means to be a man. And so my challenge to, to you, all your, the listeners right now, is if that's the case for you, then become the role model that you wish that you had.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: Because there, there are other men right now who are having that same struggle, be that role model. And what do you need to clean up within yourself in order for you to be that role model?
1: Okay, that's I. I want to pivot into that particular point right now. It's it's especially it's interesting how these interviews come up in my own reality, and the timing of them is always is always pinpoint to something that I'm I'm going through. um, Go figure. But when we when you said what is it that inside of us that we need to clean up, I would love for you to maybe elaborate just on that in the importance and, and maybe even like any nuances or just from your own experience with your own process or coaching other men. Um, I guess the question that I have about that to, to start us off is what do you see men often needing to clean up inside themselves to, to become more of an evolved masculine? Well,
0: uh, that can certainly vary uh, from the man to man. I tell you some of the common things that end up coming my way. Mm-hmm. Um, one is, well, uh, well, let's take a look at what's very up in our culture right now. Mm-hmm. Right now, you know, particularly post-Harvey Weinstein and now the whole hashtag Me Too campaign and movement, A, um, not only is must we look at our, our behaviors and ways of being around women, but also the languaging that we use both to women and amongst ourselves about women. Mm. And, and on top of that, one of the biggest things that I've, I've heard women really calling forth for within this campaign and movement is men, just sometimes the best thing that you can do is shut the hell up and just listen. Mm. that so many women today don't feel like they were really heard or listened to by men because so many men feel like it. we need to be asserting our opinion on everything all the time mm. and, and they're not really being the space then for the woman the, the feminine likes to be invited invited in create the space for her mm. and and as we learn to, to ever increasingly value what the feminine has to offer, then maybe we can also value creating that, that space, creating that safety, and inviting that voice in and then just listening to it. What are the gifts that she is offering up and being able to take that in without feeling like you need to automatically prove something with your own opinion or voice? Mm,
1: that's a big one. Uh, that is a big one right there. Wow. I mean, there are many, many
0: things. For whatever reason, that's the part that wanted to come out right now. <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Well, I mean, you you bring up a really interesting point, and I'm just I'm just noticing. Um, it's almost hard to articulate. Maybe it'll be better um, expressed a little later on. But it's like, as a man hearing that, I notice the the stuff inside of me that wants to come up as a response, right? Of like, well, wait, but, but, you know, I have things to say too or or whatever the thing is, whatever the dialogue inside of me, that, that repressed thing that wants to be given a voice or wants to be understood, you know, it's kind of interesting because you pretty much, you're just like, sometimes as men, the best thing that we can do is just be quiet and listen and i'm just i'm taking that in as a as a metaphor too not just as for the women's sake but the feminine energy i'm thinking in terms of receiving life in general right receptivity is a feminine kind of dynamic right and maybe if um if we as men let's say in this context are having trouble receiving our worth or receiving whatever you know x y or z Maybe it's because we haven't set the space, we haven't set the intention, we haven't properly set the, the context in order to receive. I'm just kind of taking that in. It's, it's really interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, what I know that a big part of this whole show is around the holistic health, right and um, and human potential, I mean both of those. health is about balance. Uh, my my wife is Japanese, and she she teaches me so much about harmony. She teaches me so much about my own tendency. that if you use the type A things, is my own type A tendencies to be young, to, to go, to push, to mm-hmm. <laughs> on to the next, on to the next, go. You know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, For true holistic health, as well as to really reach our potential, we need balance. We need need our yin to balance our yang. We need to relax, take in, receive, heal, as much as act, go, speak, put forth. And likewise, creating space for, for the feminine is not just for her. We have so much to gain in doing so Uh, a friend and colleague of mine uh rion kati he he used this this phrasing that i really liked of everything that i've heard and put out this is my favorite he says one measure of the masculine is in your ability to receive the feminine Mm. i love that how how good are you at really receiving the feminine and what she has to offer you
1: One of the questions I have to that is, what are some examples that you could give in terms of what receiving might look like? Because I, I notice, um, and it seems somewhat obvious, and yet I also notice that um, uh, some of us as men um, may, may benefit from having a little bit of an a explanation of like, what does that look like? What is, what is some of those ways, or maybe just from your own experience, like, how have you been able to receive some of the gifts of the feminine? What kind of situations were those?
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, Well, one piece of it has simply been, well, as I just described there, I mean, how I started this whole conversation, I spoke of my, my my wife really helping me to see and understand this in new ways Mm. that my tendency has been towards go more push. And she really wanted to bring to me that I need to nourish. Mm. I need to take in. I need to receive. I need stillness. I need to relax. I need to just enjoy. And I think that there were certain points in my life where I would have had a harder time hearing her because I have my way, I, and it's, it's working fine, leave me alone, don't try to push your way onto me. Like,
1: um,
0: I think that too many, too, too many of us as men can end up, can have a fear of, of whether it's disempowerment, emasculation, feeling controlled, that we can uh, shut ourselves off from what she has to offer.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that was exactly I think that was hitting right on the nail for me. And one of the things I just thought of as you were sharing that was, it can be really challenging to let go of control. Even as we've let go of a lot of quote unquote control, there's still a little bit of that of like, you know, I want to control my routine, I want to control my destiny. So that means that I have a particular routine or structure or set of rituals in which I I navigate my my life or find structure in my life, so it can be a little bit destabilizing to feel like we're losing control, um, as much of an illusion as that may be.
0: Great, lose
1: control.
0: <laughs> lose control. Mm.
1: Let, what, what what might
0: when we are in control? You know, our ego is a big part of that. You know, it's yeah. it's we think that we know best. And if I can only have everything under my control and do things exactly as my little mind believes that they're supposed to be, then I will have, then I will have everything that I want. Well, I don't know about you, but in the course of my path, that has certainly not been what I've experienced. So much of the most valuable experiences, the valuable gifts that have come into my life, I didn't plan for, mm-hmm. they showed up. Mm-hmm. And if anything, part of what has allowed me to become more and more successful has been me learning to respond when, when things started to show up that um, if I'd stuck exactly to my plan, I would not have been able to take in.
1: Right. right. Mm, that's a beautiful point. That's a great point for us all. Okay. Hold on. So you, you ever go,
0: I, I don't know about you, but I, I did the gypsy travel the world bug thing quite a bit in my life.
1: Just a little bit, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> and, and without a doubt, that was, I mean, that's probably where I learned this lesson more than anything else. What I love so much about traveling, honestly, especially traveling solo, was letting the wind just take me. Mm. What, what, what's my plan? I have no plan. Let's see what happens. And things would happen. Um, adventure would unfold. And it's that creates such a different life from at wake up at seven a.m. seven fifteen to seven thirty do this and you know where where every part of the day is regimented. The our one of my mentors, uh, Rich Litfin, uses the phrase: um, "We need to create space for the magic to occur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Create the space, let the magic occur, be out of control."
1: Mm-hmm
0: be surprised by what comes
1: in. Yeah, that's a great one. I love Rich. <clears throat> I love Rit Livin's um, work and, and I really, I really jive with that, that entire process. And, um, you know, I think that's going to actually help inform the next part of the, the conversation that I want to take with you and really the, the bulk and the content of your work on redefining sex, power, and success. Now, in the time that we have, I know that that's not, you know, there's a lot there. We could probably do a whole series of interviews on this, but how how do you define or how have you redefined the concepts of sex, power, and success for yourself? Oh,
0: Jesus. So let's, take one, let's take them one at a time. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, sex. Um Whew. The way our our larger culture tends to think of sex is um, a goal oriented. Um, B meaning, well, as far as goal oriented, we mean from that first attraction, everything is driving towards sex, and and the sex is driving towards the orgasm. Mm-hmm. And so, this this total linear uh, direction and. It's not that there's anything directly wrong with it. It's just very limiting. And so sex is life. And in very much the way that I just described, let go of the plan. Let go of the goal. And how much can you just be in a state of moment-to-moment presence, exploration, discovering? so many couples in long-term relationship for example get into ruts not only relational ruts but ruts around their sex together because they they figured out this is what we do i know how to get my my spouse off so that's what i do mm. and again there's certain nice aspects of it but then there's just it's extremely limiting what what exists outside of that way that you do things. And dropping back into that beginner's mind of being 100% fully present in this moment and where does this moment want to lead? And rather than being focused on uh, the the orgasm as the the point of pleasure to, to reach towards, how much pleasure can you enjoy and experience in this moment? So that's one big component. Another big aspect is uh, teaching men how to master their sexual energy. You were speaking of the self mastery part. This is this is a core of it to me. Is is mastering your uh, sexual self mastery is mastering your sexual energy first, connecting to it as an energy, not just uh, this urge you have to satisfy, but rather that this this energy that perhaps is generated in your sex organs, we can learn to connect to that energy and even move that energy throughout the body. And with learning how to move the energy throughout the body and channel and circulate it at will, we can experience fun things like being fully a choice over when and if you ejaculate. Before I move on, let that sink in because that's a huge one for most men. Two, full-body orgasms, rather than an orgasm that just exists like in your genitals, something that, that sends a that powerful flood of pleasure through your entire body. Uh, three, experiencing non-ejaculatory energetic orgasms. So this is first requires a separation between ejaculation as the emission of fluid – to orgasm, which is that flood of, of pleasure and energy through the body. And with that, experiencing these non-ejaculatory energetic orgasms that allow you to stay hard, allow you to keep going, and keep, keep leave you feeling energized rather than depleted. Which leads to that fourth piece of male multiple orgasms. Something that, again, our, our larger culture doesn't even recognize as being possible. And yet, not only is it possible, it's incredible, and it's possible for you. Mm. But it is a process. It does take a, 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 a de-learning of things that you know and, and a complete relearning of how you relate to your sexuality. Mm.
1: I could I could imagine for some men that that could feel, um, in the beginning of that, that learning curve, that could feel pretty, um, that could feel, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, uncertain or or could bring up um, anxieties or insecurities because I know there's, there's a lot of, insecurities um you know things like um sex performance or, or performance anxiety etc cetera, etc cetera, that i know that you're all too familiar with um i'm curious like what what um what's that process like or is it just like anything anything that you're deprogramming and relearning
0: yeah well um a lot of it has to do with approach um i i have a, an approach of if you're going to Orgasm enjoy, or if you're going to ejaculate, enjoy it. Um, You know, I'm not. Some of my colleagues have a rather anti ejaculation Mm. approach. I'm not anti ejaculation. I'd say I'm pro choice, and most most men are not a choice when it comes to ejaculation. Mm. And so, simply, it's simply about learning more, expanding your repertoire. And yes, honestly, those who are most challenged in this area, I often find to be the the, the best students or have the greatest breakthroughs because there is that strong motivation for change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing I was going to ask you about that was about just your position and, and perspective on the ejaculation, like masturbation. I know in, in most Taoist teachings, it is in Chinese medicine. It is very, um, not like just frowned upon, but it's just recommended not to ejaculate because this, the semen is seen as like essential oil for the body and the brain and etc. So I was just curious what your perspectives on yeah. that were. Um,
0: for, first, I'm not – I'm not a Taoist. Um, I know a lot about Taoist perspectives around sexuality. It's not my path. I, my path is more rooted in tantric sexuality. Um, so there, are, while the two do have overlap, for sure, they also have some core differences, and this is cool. certainly one of them. Um, but my, the, the way that a lot of my more Taoist-oriented colleagues uh, speak about these things, what I... <sighs> Where I disagree is that I believe that the most en- energetically draining thing that there is, far beyond the energetic drain of ejaculation, which yes, arguably is its own energetic drain, is shame. Mm. And anti- ejaculation approach I find too often leads to a new place for men to experience shame. Mm. Oh no, I ejaculated. Now I feel guilty and shameful for having had this experience. Mm. Mm. I do not want you to have that energy, the energy of guilt or shame tied up to your sexuality at all. I'm looking for ways to help you release it, not to have a new place to put it.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad that you brought that up. I I definitely know as a man and, and with men that shame and guilt in particular are two very heavy judgments that, can become self-inflicting and definitely affect our, our relationship with our body and our sexuality. So I'm really glad you brought that up.
0: Mm. It's huge. <laughs> so uh, we just led a retreat, an evolved masculine retreat this past weekend. Uh, my wife and I have a 50-acre retreat property uh, north of San Diego and uh, I did a retreat for about about 15 men, a small retreat, and uh, a good chunk of it, um, we did some really deep diving into shame, both sexual sexual shame as well as as the other aspects and ways in which we as men can can hold on to shame in the world. And I think for men particularly, having that type of safe space where you can speak those things that normally you don't feel like there's – Ever any place that's okay for you to speak them, that can that itself can be such an antidote to shame. Shame, uh, shame thrives in darkness and secrecy. Mm. Bring the light of consciousness to it. Speak out loud that which you are most afraid of speaking out loud, and its power over you will diminish. Mm. Mm.
1: I love that. That brings, I think that might bring us to the next thing, which is how do you define power?
0: <laughs> yeah. I was wondering if we're going to uh, hit the other. So power. Uh, again, I think that, that historically we've, we focused power primarily on this old paradigm notion of power over mm. my power in relation to yours and my ability to bend you to my will. And that's not the definition of power that I work with. I aim to ever to ever, and ongoingly increase my power, but not that kind of power. It's that, that deep well of limitless power that exists within. It is that personal empowerment. It is that source from which we all spring from. This type of power is one where the more empowered I am, I, it's a it's a power that has others naturally feel more powerful in my presence, in your presence. Mm-hmm. I think you, you hold a good chunk of a good aspect of this as well. That it, when you this type of what I call a true power, others feel like they rise up in your presence they are more of who they are capable of being they feel like they have more choice available to them they feel like they're capable of doing more in the world they feel more empowered that is powerful So, success. So, <laughs> since we we're touching upon the redefining sex, power, and success, uh, I've been running a, a, a podcast for the past year and change. It's been on hiatus for the past five months as I've been getting my book done. But uh, the Evolve Masculine podcast had the, the subtitle of Redefining Sex, Power, and Success. I'm assuming that's where you pulled this from. Absolutely. I, I, again, I think that, that a lot of this, uh, the way in which most people have tended to think about success, is primarily about how much money is in the bank. Yes. And it's about ongoing profit at all costs. And you know this look at the world that we've created with that model. I mean, on one hand, it's we've created so much that's amazing, and we're utterly out of out of balance with the planet. Yeah. We're utterly out of balance with each other. We have put profits far ahead of people, far ahead of planet, and we're all suffering as a result. And I mean it all, because even those who are quote-unquote succeeding the most under this paradigm have family members with cancer. Mm -hmm. That approach is a cancer. It's endless growth without regards for the impact on the larger whole. That is cancer. So this uh, uh, redefined success is one that's, that's holistic. It's one that takes into account the entire ecosystem of self, personal relationships, community, country, planet. How, how is your success, your quote-unquote success, uh, affecting you? Are, you? are you making more money at the, at the cost of your family? Are you making more money at the cost of your health? Are you making more money at the cost of your employees? Is there a way to approach it all holistically such that that it all thrives? And really, if the profit growth is a bit slower, but all those parts of your life are taken care of, Mm. really, which one is more successful?
1: Yeah yeah well, I actually, I'm really glad you brought that particular point up because that that's an area that I find <clears throat> can be very challenging because the world we live in is so instant gratification driven, and with things like social media, it drives that that kind of microwavable success idea even further and and um you know, I won't go into the ins and outs of of all that, but the basic idea is pretty obvious. Success traditionally, how we might equate success is a long game kind of thing, but a lot of people, myself included, are in a rush or have been in a rush, um, or because you know we may not be exactly where we want to be financially right now, that we equate that with being a failure, right? So, we're so sometimes we do things to avoid our own process, but like you said, I think it's so beautiful because. You know, in the health world and the work that I do, there's people that are billionaires, never ever have to worry about money ever again. Their families forever never have to worry about money again. And yet at the end of their life, so many of them um, are are reinvesting so much of their money into the medical model, trying to get their health back, right? Totally. Mm-hmm. I work with those
0: clients as well. Mm-hmm, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So I think I mean that. So essentially, what I'm hearing, and what I want to drive for the audience too, is that we're talking about a holistic model of fulfillment, of success, of sexuality, of health, of of life, and self mastery. Right?
0: Yep. This is all a holistic approach to to life. And again, I think that too often the uh, our, our sexuality is left out of the conversation, regardless of the fact that it is such a massive driving force in people's lives. You know, I often, I, I often, I'll often say uh, that um, women and sex are such a, are, are drive so much of a man's life, and so why not utilize them as a portal for deep personal
1: and spiritual development? I would love to take the rest of the time we have to explore that a little bit because, as I told you before, we, we hopped on. That theme is something that I want to really, I really want to at least get a little bit of a micro, microphone behind. Um, and, you know, when I'm, I'm looking at your website right now, I was just kind of going through some of your articles. And one of the articles that came up was owning your sexual desire versus shutting it down. And we mm-hmm. kind of touched on that a little bit, but I think there's a there's more to unpack there, especially with what you just said.
0: Well, desire is desire is desire. Mm. So we're whether we're talking about sex or um, or any other aspect of your life, like where are you shutting down your desires? And one of the a word that gets thrown around a lot on social media these days that some men live in, in fear around is is this term of being creepy. And men being, not wanting to be seen as, as coming across as creepy, etc cetera. Uh, it, one of the core things that has a man come across creepy is the hiding of the desire. There's a desire there I'm pretending it's not there and I'm doing all these kind of sneaky roundabout ways to get this desire fulfilled while pretending the desire is not there. That's what's creepy.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Own it. Be direct. Know what you want. Be able to communicate it. And here's a key piece, especially when we're talking about women, um, but I think in life, (laughs) is... Is this element of desire without attachment? Mm. Can, can you want what you want fully and it being and not being attached to that outcome? I desire it. I feel my desire for it. I'm really attracted to, to this woman. I desire her uh, attention. I desire a kiss. I desire a phone number. I desire sex. And I feel a desire within myself and I can hold that desire. I can be with that desire. I can enjoy simply the feeling of desire in the body. I love the phrase turn on because, you know, it's like electricity. It's flipping a switch. I'm turned on. I have more aliveness flowing through my body. That is to be celebrated and enjoyed. It's regardless of what's done with it, being able to be with it. And from that place of enjoying and being with it, maybe maybe this will uh, move forward into something. Maybe it will not. Regardless, I had the opportunity to experience this desire, and damn, it felt good.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of different areas that I was thinking about that that could lead to or that could be translated to really any area of life, right? Because it's that expectation and that that um, that neediness to experience that opposed to just desiring it and being okay with that you know for example like I want to I desire to be quote-unquote successful and whatever that means or whatever my needs to experience success are you know there is a real there is a power even just tuning into that there is a power of just desiring it and and not being attached to the the actual experience having to happen for me to feel good about it.
0: Often that attachment to that outcome ends up being the very thing that repels that outcome.
1: <laughs> uh-huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an experienced laugh.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you have anything else you'd like to share about that? Yeah.
0: I mean, when we're...
1: uh,
0: I have heard this some version of this from so many women over time as well, that men often end up shooting themselves in the foot. Like, they're having an interaction with with this woman. She's actually wanting the same thing that he is, Mm. just at a different pace. Uh. And so... He's trying to move at sixty miles per hour. She's moving along at fifteen miles per hour. His push for it, he he's so he's so afraid of losing that opportunity. He's pushing so fast and hard for it or towards it that she ends up being pushed away. She ends up being like, uh, actually, my, you just pushed against my boundary too much. Now I'm contracting. He takes her contraction as, let me push harder. Huh. She contracts more. He pushes harder. She contracts more. Whereas if you just you know put the foot on the brake a bit, slow things down, something within her will, will be allowed to open and relax further, and suddenly her receptivity is there
1: again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and I feel I, like when you say when you, her, it's not just her as in the woman, but it's her as in life.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Women well, in life, they uh, interchange with one another quite well.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well I, I think that insight right there for me personally was like kind of the cream of the crop. Everything everything has been amazing, but that one right there is the like I think for a lot of us too, right? Because we can be in such a rush. And one of the things you just said that I think was really just a great observation is um, when we feel like we're going to lose the opportunity, we're losing control of it, we tend to push harder opposed to pull back and, and kind of and relax. We tend to actually get more contractive and like, oh, no, I got to, you know, I got to, I got to, um, what's, how, however you say, it, I got to maintain control. Our got to seize the moment, right? Is it's going to, it's going yeah. to go away. And, um, I've so this seen is a, that. This is a
0: great opportunity for me to offer a free gift to your listeners. Awesome. Um, I, I created this, uh, t- this free 24 minute video called the one thing in bed that separates the lover she remembers forever from all the men she quickly forgets.
1: Wow.
0: And at its base, not to get away too much, but at, at its base, it, it addresses this very thing that we're speaking of here. And both how men more often than not get that wrong and what to do to flip it on its head and have her wanting, craving, leaning in rather than maybe uh, either being defensive or maybe letting you in. How do you instead spark her desire, entice her desire, draw forth her desire towards you? So that's uh, enticing, E-N-T-I-C-I-N-G, enticingdesire.com. And uh, yeah, it'll be a free gift for you all.
1: Awesome. Really appreciate that. We'll put that in the show notes. That is Mm -hmm. enticingdesire.com.
0: Yes, so think of like, uh, this is audio, so imagine that taking your two, four fingers, your index fingers, and, and doing that come hither motion towards yourself, enticing her desire, drawing it forth, come, come here, come in. So it, 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 it's playing with a pull energy rather than a constant push energy that most men are familiar with. Mm.
1: Yeah, that, that's cool. I, um, there's one more question that I have. It's kind of a interesting question. Hopefully it'll, it'll, it'll make sense when I say it, but, um, Mm -hmm. just my last question is what do you say or what would you say to all the men out there that feel like working on, um, working on their relationship or working on, Uh, you know, love or or whatever, whatever the context is, is just it's too much work and feels like a distraction from their mission, so to speak, because I know for me in the past, I had a very challenging time um, really working in these areas and spending a lot of time in there because it felt like a huge kind of distraction from what my my core mission was. And I'm just curious what your perspective is on that: I think it's a great
0: question. Um, I think that as men those those are our our twin drives our our work, our mission our purpose, and our uh, family, whether it's partner or inclusive of children and Sooner or later, chances are you're going to have to deal with the fact that they—they there are twin needs and are twin drives. Mm. Focusing on one without the other is sooner or later going to cause you a problem. <laughs> and I can't tell you the number of men that I have worked with who... Are, uh, fall under the lines of what you just described. So they have looked at how little energy is possible that can they put into their relationship or family as everything else goes into their their work in the world. And then they're 40, 50 years old and going through a horrific divorce that's tearing them apart emotionally, uh, having devastating impacts on their business as well as having them lose half of everything they've ever built. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, that comes at a cost. And conversely, by investing into this area, by coming to, to, to master this area around relating, uh, it will fuel your purpose. The right woman in the right relationship invigorates you, it leaves you feeling like you have a strong support system, stability, nourishment. Um, that kind of unconditional love and acceptance is powerful, mm-hmm. and there's so much else can. I mean, you can build a lot on top of that. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, and this is obviously this. This could be its own subject. I mean, I, I have so many. T- <laughs> there's so many tendencies or so many um, things inside of me that want to prolong it a little more. But it sounds like you've found that for yourself with your partner and i know that you yeah it's
0: been uh, you know everything that i've spoken of here if it if there's anything that you've heard me say here that you're like oh that's a nice piece of wisdom i guarantee i learned it the hard way <laughs> <laughs> i've just given these areas of my life far more time and attention than most people so <laughs> so so i have learned a thing or two but most of them came through errors you know trial and error until finally Finding the right piece of guidance or finding the right way that's like, ah, yeah. yes. <laughs> and not giving up until it's there.
1: Uh, you know? Well, that's the, that's, that's the final point that I, I think is beautiful. Not giving up until you have found your treasure, so to speak.
0: Yeah, whether we're talking about work or woman or family. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm, I'm a big fan of Tenacity. It's a Japanese proverb, fall down seven times, get up eight. Yeah. I'm all for
1: it. That's great. Well, this yeah. has been this has been incredible. Um, this just took us in so many different incredible uh, directions. So, you know, um, I would love for you to share where people can find your work. You shared with us uh, the free gift, which is great. And then if there's anything else you'd like to share with our audience, um, the floor is yours.
0: Yeah, well, first of all, like, I love uh, giving away some free gifts to, to uh, audiences because it's an opportunity for you to learn more about this, this work that I do. As you might be able to tell, I, I live for this. So uh, I, I have this other free gift that I'm happy to give you all as well at evolvedmasculine.com, which, by the way, is where you can find more about my work in general, evolvedmasculine.com. And then slash blueprint for the Evolved Masculine Blueprint. So this is a 10-minute audio where I give get my transmission of, of the Evolved Masculine as I envision it, as well as giving this writing prompt and guide for you to get clearer on what that, what your own vision of the evolved masculine means and um, from there uh i'm happy to to dive in much deeper with you it's a great way to first connect um feel free after you go through that to reach out and uh either myself or somebody on my team it's happy to, to help uh uh, guide you through a process to get clearer on who is the man that you wish to be in the world, what is in the way of you already embodying him, and what will it take for you to get there, for you to, to be showing up as a man that you know that you're here to be. Whether we're talking about your work in the world, your sense of yourself as a man, your relationship to masculinity, your sexuality, your, your connection and relationship to women, uh, I'm here to, to help your supports. This is a never-ending journey, which is why I call it the Evolved Masculine Path. Join us.
1: Excellent. I want to thank you so much for joining me, Destin, and sharing your wisdom. And I'm definitely going to take advantage of these free gifts that you're mm-hmm. that you're giving because I want to be the most evolved masculine version of myself and be the man that I was born to be. And that's what I would hope for everyone that's listening. So definitely take advantage of the gifts that Destin is providing for us. And, um, I appreciate you for joining us.
0: Awesome, man. Thank you so much.